Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every day is a blessing. Like if you woke up today and your heart's beating and you can smell the air like you were so blessed. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. My name is Sam Webb and this show is dedicated to ending the stigma around mental health through community, connection and the hard-hitting truth. I'll be speaking with guests from all over the world about life to inspire and to educate people to speak up so that we can save more lives. Thank you for joining me on this journey. G'day everyone and how are you all? Welcome back to the podcast. I love being back here with you all. It's so good to be able to share this stage with everyone. I love having you with me. I love having you listen to my token Aussie accent. I get this told to me all the time how Australian I sound, so I do apologize in advance if sometimes you cannot understand me. That being said, I am bringing you today episode number 63 on the podcast, and I have a friend that comes on today. Her name is Aisha Sarah. Now, I met Aisha out here in Los Angeles, in LA. Aisha actually reached out to me on Instagram, and we'll talk about Instagram a lot throughout this episode, but she asked me to be on her podcast with my fiance, Nadia. We basically went over to Aisha's place on the west side, which is down by Venice Beach in Los Angeles. We went and caught up for the very first time, actually sat on her couch and we, we, we punched out a podcast and it was great. We got very deep and we shared our stories. And one thing that I felt leaving Aisha's presence was she's extremely positive, but better than that, she knows how to read and understand people. And she, she's very warming. She's very good at introducing people and networking and connecting people and reaching out to people. And so I dug a little bit deeper and I said to Aisha, I would love to get you on my podcast in return because I think you've got some amazing skills that I'd love you to share with our audience. Now, as I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago, this podcast is centered around mental health being the core of of what we try and get across, across all of our guests, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that we speak about the ins and outs of mental health every single week we have a guest onto the podcast. Because today I'm getting Aisha onto the podcast to talk about what she does for a living. Now, she came down to, to LA from Canada on a whim, okay? Having a drive and a passion for her career and branding and marketing and building up businesses and projects and people, she came down to LA with a dream and she's pursued it ever since and she's been quite successful actually and I can't wait to speak to her about what she did and how she got through all of the negativity and the barriers and how she actually made this dream a reality. So today's podcast is really about what it took and what it takes to really realize and live out our dreams. I want to talk to Aisha about her 
experience in helping people build up their personal brands on social media, things like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all that stuff. You know, what sets people apart from the rest? What are some strategies that you could do if you're looking to set up your own personal brand, whether it's a business or whether it's just something online you want to try? This is an episode you definitely don't want to miss. There's so much value here. And outside of all of that, obviously, mental health will be at the core of it all. And she shares some of the tips and strategies that she's employed in her life to to overcome, you know, setbacks and failures and, and all of that great stuff, which probably isn't really great in the moment, but it definitely is great when you look back because that's when we learn the most. I'm so pumped to have her on. She's awesome. She does great stuff. She's a Canadian. She's out here in LA chasing the dream like all of us. And I'm going to bring her straight onto the podcast right now. Welcome onto the podcast, Aisha Sarah. It is an absolute pleasure having you on. Welcome. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I am telling you before we started recording, like I'm in for such a treat being a podcast host myself. I feel like I'm always the one interviewing and I haven't been doing a lot of interviews, like being the person getting interviewed. So I'm in for a treat. Yeah, you so are. thank you. No, no, no. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for taking the time to come onto the podcast. And I'm really excited about this one because as I was saying to you earlier, we're kind of mental health is the theme with this podcast. It's definitely the core of everything that we do. But what I'm trying to do this year on the podcast is bring guests on from all walks of life, obviously, that have their own unique journeys and stories around their careers and around where they are in their life right this particular moment. And I think it's a really good segue probably onto introducing you onto the podcast and talking about how you actually ended up in Los Angeles and maybe giving a bit of context to our listeners that I've been very grateful enough to be on the other end of the podcast with you. I was on your show. And that was a hell time. We did that in person at your apartment, which was great. Talk to me now. Give me an introduction as to how Aisha is Aisha and how are you in this position as of this very moment in Los Angeles? Where did that all come from? Loaded question right there. And also that was the best having you and Nadia here. It's so awesome how social media works. And honestly, I, I just threw the DMs. We just connected. And luckily you guys were like, we'll do your podcast. And I'm like, and and come in person. So I think that uh, honestly, like even that little snippet of like how we got to even like be connected. I always say when there's a will, there's a way in any part of like, if you want to do something, you just got to go all in for it. So going back, I'll do like the highlight reel and we can dive in anywhere. Paint this story for our listeners so they can see it in their mind's eye. Yes. So I know listeners on Sam's podcast, they're based all over Australia. You guys know if you're from Australia, I'm from Canada. We have a crazy thing called a visa to get to live here in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles. And I feel like only people who aren't from here get it. Like whenever I meet someone who's from any other country, you just see them differently. Like you just know the hustle that they went to, to be here legally. So 22 wanted to move to LA. I had to figure it out because I'm not going to go through like the different visas, but in order to live the life that I have and have my own business, be an entrepreneur, I was kind of like guided to the investor's visa and E2, which is like starting your own LLC, investing into it, and then building a business. But instead of, I always say it was like building a business on steroids because at 22, like I wanted to move here, but I couldn't just build a business and then go. You had to put skin in the game, 
You had to have a five-year plan and show your revenue model. You had to hire, but like technically when you got the visa approved, then all those people would be in work that you've hired on paper. Going through the visa process was a whole mission year in itself. So I started my business. I have a branding and PR agency in Los Angeles. I, it, the business has pivoted over, over the years as I've pivoted as an entrepreneur, but specifically it started in being, I would do everything from like booking them for podcasts, booking them for speaking, booking brand partnerships to helping them with their digital strategy, booking them for shoots, because I felt this gap in the digital marketing space there's so many marketing agencies, but I felt like there was more of a need for an agency to just deal with personal brands and influencers because living in Los Angeles, you meet all these amazing personal brands who they have such a killer brand that's actually even more profitable than your next like product consumer facing brand. And I also found that a lot of these personal brands, public figures, influencers, entrepreneurs, they, with their own personality, had their own business. As I'm learning too, now that I have, which we'll get into, like the podcast and that business model, I'm learning how that's its own business now. So the business evolved now, specifically with the branding and PR agency, just through all the work I've done on the talent side, I really see so much value in leveraging influencers and someone like yourself to rep a brand. So say you really cared about liquid IV or athletic greens. I see so much value in having like a curated partnership and having an influencer rep your brand. Yes, there's always like paid ads, but I definitely think with the trends of marketing, I always study the market and I know with ads right now, it's harder for people to target with ads. So I, I even feel like even moving into the future, even more influencers and, and brands putting their money and people like yourself to sponsor, to promote their product is going to just continue to compound. So that's the area I consult with CPG brands and I help them on their influencer strategy. What's CBG brands? Do you want to explain that? A consumer packaged goods. So like any clothing brand, any brand that you see on the shelves at your grocery store, any consumer facing product, I consult with them and help them build up strong influencer programs because a lot of brands and I'm sure founders listening who have brands, maybe they've tried with one influencer or they tried with someone and they didn't see any conversions or they spent a lot of money and someone ghosted them like an influencer took product and didn't do anything. I truly help everyone see the positive about working because I feel like it's about working with the right people. So I do all the stuff on the influencer marketing side, build out influencer marketing programs, construct affiliate ambassador programs. I honestly owe that like growth of the business and me going into that element is through the relationships I've built. So also throughout that whole journey of when I moved here, I was like so inspired by the people I was meeting in Los Angeles. And I was like, wow, there's all these entrepreneurs who started this company and started this company. And the coolest thing is being an open book on social media. I would share just all the time. I would just be sharing like my life in LA, like moving from Canada to LA and the ins and outs of the visa and how like just the daily on the, on stories and stuff like that. And I would get so much feedback from people from my hometown being like, I can't believe you did that. Like, Oh my God. Then they, people think all these things too. Like, Oh, you must've come from like parents who just gave you money to go live in LA or they think all these things, but 
nothing is different from me or you or any of these new people I've made friends with. But the fact that our mindset was there and we believed in ourselves, I feel like everything is an internal game. It all starts within you. You believe you can do something, you can do it. And through connecting with all these different founders when I was here and just like messaging them, like I messaged you and dads, like the want to connect, let's grab coffee. It's the best way to do it. Hey, on socials, because like, it's so close, like, it, and people have got these things in their fingertips all the time and, and you can get them directly. It's, it's an amazing, powerful tool to use for the right reasons too, you know? When you come from like a genuine, sincere place. Right. And I really felt that. So I'm very grateful when I started I connected with a couple people and then I was like, I need to record these conversations because people from my hometown <laughs> need to hear these people because you get so inspired. I'm so big on your environment and the content you consume and the people you are around because it dictates the thoughts you have, the belief system. That's how the podcast kind of birthed coffee and a good vibe. <laughs> Literally just, I want to interview people who I'm having coffee with, but then as you know, as a podcast host, then you have to take in all the technical thing. Yeah. So let me just jump in for a moment. Winding it all back. You come from Canada. You had this goal. I want to go to LA. I'm, I'm on an investor visa and I'm going to try and chase some dreams. Were you always in, interested in this marketing social media area or did this sort of evolve when you landed here and you realized, holy hell, this is bigger than I expected. And I saw an opportunity and I went to explore that. Like how did it start? Cause I know a lot of people listening are right on that cusp of, you know, I want to start something that I've probably passionate about, but I'm either A, I'm a bit worried about taking that risk, you know, of whether it's moving to a new place, quitting my current job because I'm not happy and trying something new to then actually pursuing it and going all in and not worrying about what other people may think or dictate in their life based on what they think you should or shouldn't do. Like, how did this come about for you? Because we talk about mindset and stuff, but like, where did it start for, for you before you got here? I love that. And I'm glad you asked that question because I feel like I never get to go there. But if I guess if I go back to college, like when I started or I say university being Canadian, yeah, but now I'm so like primed to say college. Said, it's easier, isn't it? College. <laughs> when I was in school, I was actually studying kinesiology. So, so I was like, I'm going to do something in health and science, like something there because I'm so obsessed with fitness and working out. So during that time, I had my Instagram and I would just share my meals and things like that. And I also started doing fitness competitions in school. So while I was studying, I was like prepping for bodybuilding, like a bikini competition. And I did that every year throughout university. And it was a lot like discipline wise, but I honestly believe that time served me so much to like help me with my work ethic and keep me super disciplined towards a goal. But I started the Instagram and I saw it grow a lot during that time and grow enough till I started my own online coaching business. And I remember like a lot of my friends, they were doing the typical like jobs when you're in school. And I was making a lot of good money just doing online coaching programs for girls. And then also I started to see like the value of posting on social media and sharing your life and building a brand. Uh, and I didn't know I was doing any of this, but the reason why I'm saying it is because I want to share like how I was monetizing because it planted the seeds. So I was monetizing through my online coaching. And then I started to get people reaching out for to me like one, by the time I like was in fourth year of, of university, my mom's friends who were authors or speakers or just like business owners who were like, Oh, can we pick her brain on like social media for our business? So I started doing that. And then I started doing consulting after school. And I really realized like, I don't really know what I want to do. I don't think I want to be a trainer. I was doing training on the side. I want to do more of the social media stuff. And at that time too, I got reached out to in Toronto by 
I worked with Bumble, Blue Jays, CTV News, big brands like that in Toronto, Nike. Um, and also just want a side note, because everyone from LA is like, oh, do you have the ties to the Nike LA team? It's completely different. Like, I'm sure I could get in contact, but like, it is completely different, the Canadian to the US, but very grateful, really big brand still. And I would do different things on the social media side. So because in Toronto, I'm not saying like, oh, I was such a big fish in Toronto, but it's a lot smaller of a pond. So having a fitness lifestyle brand as an influencer in Toronto, I to also give contacts, I had maybe like 40,000, 50,000 followers at the time that like all locally Toronto based people. And that's where I'm really big on what I, the work I do now having influence everyone has influence. And it's all about the caliber of your audience to showcase to a brand like if that person can convert right? Like I'm very big on brands working with people who have like really loyal followings. The numbers doesn't matter. It's about if the audience actually gives a shit about what you have and to say. they're really engaged. Like they're there for you and they, they, and they follow you. They're very passionate about the things that you post and the brands that you follow and believe in and, and all that sort of stuff. Because anyone can buy followers. I'm sure people listening have know this, that Numbers are just numbers. They don't really dictate the success of, of a channel, so to speak, you know, and the reach and the frequency because a lot of those could just be people that are null and void, really. Yeah. And another thing too, like just on that, like a tangent on that is like, you'll meet a lot of people in LA who have like 500K and nothing bad about that, but they grew their following when they were on The Bachelor for a season or when they, maybe they did this viral TikTok and they gained a whole bunch of followers. But me working on the CBG side with brands, we actually won't use those people for campaigns because we find that their audience doesn't follow them for the right reason. So Sam, like a health and wellness company, I would much rather work with someone who has 20K followers who is like, or 5,000 followers, but they're in that niche and they have an audience that holds that. So um, in, in Toronto, I was working with a lot of big brands and doing really cool things like uh, speaking at events, leading workouts and getting paid, working with brands, being the face of really good. And it was so much fun. And then also doing the consulting. So I always like was very into the social media side and the power of building a brand. And then when I came to LA, I obviously had to build a business model that was scalable. So then the agency I couldn't like was the the model. So the agency that you created is called Grow the Social. Grow the Social, yes. And what does that look like? So give give me a rundown. So if I'm someone listening right now, or you're trying to pitch me to be a client or work with me, how does that work for you? Like, what are some of the things that really go? I know you've mentioned a few of them around, you know, a really loyal following and it's organic and, and great engagement. But in terms of people listening right now that want to help maybe create their own brand or leverage their brand for social good or create something in a in something in their life that they want to just create they've been thinking about it for so long they've never done it because a they might have been putting putting it off too scared to try something new didn't want to step out of their comfort zone tell me what some people could do or what you do to, with a client to help them get to that next level what are some of the things yeah, I love that. Okay. People buy people at the end of the day. Definitely and do. I think it's so much easier to convert people buy on emotion as well. And it's so much easier to get people to give a shit and care about your brand when you are a humanizing person. And it's harder for actually like a, a product brand because then they have to even be more intellectual with like how they're building community versus like as a person, if you have a passion, you can literally be articulating this. I actually made a course on this too. I don't even promote it now, but like I, it was a course all on this framework that I made this pyramid. 
And this is how like I would frame what you need to work on. It's all starts with your brand strategy. And then there's different techniques within that with how you're building brand. And I always say as a personal brand, it's important to be putting out content and speaking and embodying the brand, but in different pillars. So yes, you have the humanizing the personal element, but then you also have like the just value education based content. You also have the social proof content where you're proving proof of concept with people who have like your coach people who have like been through your coaching modalities and, and benefited. There's different pillars of content, but it all comes down to a, like a structured brand strategy. So it starts with brand clarity at the bottom of your pyramid. So knowing who you are, what you stand for and what you have to offer, because if you don't know your why and have that immense clarity, this is why I'm so big on journaling and you can reiterate and reiterate your why. And I, I also think that like, like speaking to different people and using your audience on social to converse within the DMs and, and see if your content's hitting or what's not making sense is so important because it'll just allow you to gain more brand clarity, more brand clarity. And once you have your why down, you have to repeat that, right? And you have to do it in, in a really innovative and authentic brand strategy. So the second thing on the pyramid, it's like builds up a pyramid is the brand strategy. And that's like how you're posting on social media. And then what brand strategy, brand scale. Yeah. Brand scaling was next. So it's doing things. How are you going to continue to scale your brand and grow? So that's through like monetization. Yes. But then also through like different PR opportunities, like speaking engagements, getting on podcasts for you. Scaling on the business side may looks like your offers, right? If you're launching a product, you're launching a business, you're launching a cert, like a service-based business. That's the scaling and then the growth, which is just ever evolving, but it's continued elements. I have like different things under each pillar of like the different things that I would work with on that person on each thing. Cause at all times you should be innovating and it doesn't just be like, oh, I'm on growth. I'm on my brand scaling time. I have to forget about the clarity because I think that as you're continuing to grow on social media and, and grow an audience, you need to be like really connecting with your audience, even with any person who has a product, how do they innovate with products, right? They talk to their consumers and see further problems and then they keep innovating because they keep coming out with new products. You have to have that like relationship with your consumers. And that's unreal insight. Like that is really, really great insight for people who are looking to grow a brand. Do you believe that things like Instagram or Facebook or TikTok and Twitter and all these things, is it necessary to have that brand down across the social platforms? Can you be successful with a physical or a personal brand without those things? Or do you think it just helps make the process quicker or is it complement or something? Like, what is your thoughts on that? Because I know a lot of people, most people have social, but some people don't have social. I think, yes, 100%, you need to be on social media whenever I meet people who aren't on it. I'm first off like, wow, you must be so present in your day to day because I definitely know how much I'm on social. But on the second end, it's like once you see the value out of being on, like I've gotten crazy speaking engagements through my Instagram. I've gotten a lot of income through brand partnerships. I've built relationships because it also is like your LinkedIn where like it shows your mutual connection. So say I reached out to someone for the podcast, they would look at my Instagram feed or see like a highlight of my podcast and be like, oh, you had so-and-so on your podcast. I want to be on. So it's such a social proof mechanism. And then the other thing I'll say to make you feel a little bit better is I don't think you need to be on every, like, I think eventually, yes, but like, you're one person, especially if you're listening to this and you're starting out, you don't have a team yet. And even myself with my personal brand, now that things are moving and grooving and 
we have different streams of income introduced and like different activations. I'm right now in the process of like building a team out because I want to be omnipresent on other platforms. But my whole thing with it is like, I recommend starting with one platform where your audience, you think your target demo is and going all in on it and then branching off because I've done it too, where I try to do podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, and it's just, it's very overwhelming. And then we don't do all of it. Amazing. We do it all like half assed. So I do think it's like pick your platform. And then once you dial in one strategy, then branch off. And then also hopefully you've gotten a little bit of momentum. Like right now I'm telling myself like I should start YouTube and be aggressive with it. But now the difference is like I'm hiring an editor and someone to do my thumbnails versus before I was trying to edit, do the thumbnails. Yeah. Is there anything in the whole marketing sphere? Obviously we talked earlier about mindset in regards to all of this and you chasing your career and kind of you had an inkling and you were good at certain things, but you've sort of let that evolve. You've trusted yourself. You believed in yourself. You've worked hard. You've got a great community around you. These are all the things that I believe are really positive ingredients to success, right? Outside of that though, is there, is there anything that really hurts a personal brand that you'd, you'd urge people who might be listening to maybe stop doing? The one thing with like personal branding and like also showcasing your brand on social, I think it's so important to be intentional and in alignment and authentic with your brand. So for example, I love giving examples. I'm a very goal oriented person and I have these really big goals for the podcast that I have and like the events that I'm doing and I have these crazy number goals and sometimes you get opportunities and I- Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think that it's so important to play the long game when you're building a personal brand and say you get someone who reaches out or someone offers you an opportunity. If you are like a girl listening and you've been like DM to work with a photographer or something and you're like, oh, this is going to help me grow my brand because I'll have authentic, like great content. I just think that you should always just stay. If something doesn't feel right, like it's like a hell yes inside or you get an off feeling with something like honor that and don't do something because you think it's going to aim to something like maybe um, collaborating with another creator in your space. If you don't think they're like coming from that, I'm a very big, like positive energy only. If you don't think they're in it for the right reasons, don't collaborate. Don't do, don't take that opportunity. I can speak on this with a couple of things. Like even with like the work that I'm doing now, I feel like a lot of cool opportunities are coming in with people who want to be on the podcast or want to do an event. And I'm such a yes person. And yes, they have a lot of followers or a big team. And it seems like an amazing opportunity. I always am like, stop for a second. You don't have to decide right now. Meditate, pray, talk to the people you love because honestly taking your time with everything as much as we're in an instant society is going to serve in the long run. I agree. I think that long game being patient, not sacrificing quick dollars in the interim or quick collaborations. Because it's your name now. You're dealing with a personal brand. And I'm not trying to talk about cancel culture, but I watch a lot of content and a lot of creators talk about cancel culture because you could do one thing and you couldn't even mean to collaborate with someone or you didn't do your research on something. And then 
it's your name that's on the line versus like when it's a product, it's like, who is this exactly? It's amazing to hear your backstory as to, you know, your passion around helping brands, personal brands in particular grow and, and the work that you do through Grow the Social and your podcast, obviously your host. So you're speaking to great people from probably all walks of life yourself. I know that for a fact. You know, I know you, so I know how self-motivated and ambitious and stuff you are. What do you put that down to, that stuff? Like, because people are probably listening going, this girl just seems so switched on. She knows what she wants. She works so hard. She's a hustler. She's out there living by herself in LA. Like, I'm so scared to even leave my my city, let alone my country. Like, what do you put it all down to? Like, what was the number one driving factor behind all of this? That's such a good question. I feel like... I have been wired this way and it doesn't come from anyone in my family. My sister and I are complete opposites. Nothing is right or wrong. I like to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and, and do my morning routine and go to the gym. And like, I might be like a little bit a hustler, if you will. Like people say, call it a hustler, but I think nothing is wrong with either end. Like if you wake up at 10 a.m. and you are happy with life. I think as long as you're happy living the life that you are, then like rock on. That's a fulfilled life because there's also a lot of people. And I think being a host and getting to interview so many people, you really get that like wisdom. You're like, wow, this person seems like they have everything on paper. Like they have a huge business and they make all this money. And then you see that they're like, they went through a season in their life when they were actually like the least happy. So I think it's like, truly honoring like what fulfills you. And for me personally, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I get really (laughs) fulfilled by this big mission I have. So I have a huge mission to this year hit a million people with the work that I'm doing with the podcast and the events because I know how much it can serve on the community side and the mental health side. And that is like what's really keeping me going. And right now my agency and like the work that I get to do with brands is great because I get to choose what brands I work with and help these amazing brands who have positive missions hit more people. So I think it's all comes down to just being, I'm very motivated by my why. And I'm huge on journaling and personal development because I meditate, I pray, I journal every single day. Is that first thing in the morning? First thing in the morning. And now lately at night too, because I feel like I've been in such a a season of growth in my life, but also a lot of, I'm grateful. A lot of things are coming my way. And it's like those opportunities I was kind of mentioning previously in my answer about how like a lot of opportunities are coming. And just because they all seem like amazing opportunities, I tell myself, I should slow down, take a beat, like go back to your roots, go back to your why, because if this is connected to your why, like the time and solitude and prayer and meditation and, and the people you love, like you and Nadia have this beautiful relationship and these rituals that you guys shared with me on the podcast. And that is so important to ground back to that always, no matter what season of life you're in, because that'll always bring you back to your North star. So I think that because I have that clarity on where I want to go, that's what keeps me really going. And a couple of years ago when I was in the visa, I had this goal to be here and live a life in LA. And it obviously evolves and you add more things to it, but it all comes down to that, like why of my mission. I love that. And especially if you're really clear on your why, like we even talk about our why all the time within the team at Livin, you know, within, within our mental health organization and, and the team and to really always articulate that, be able to articulate that inside, but also outside the organization is really important. And it's the same thing for yourself. It's kind of like, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why am I waking up at this time every day? Why am I pushing myself? Why am I saying yes to that thing? Is that going to help serve me better and stay in line with my overall 
genuine why. You're not just doing it for the sake of doing it. I feel like the more clear you are on your why and the reasons why you do the things that you do, you can actually say no to things with a lot less heavier heart without feeling like you've let someone down because it's kind of like, well, I love what you're doing and it sounds great. It's a wonderful opportunity, but it's just not aligned with who I'm trying to be. It comes quicker, the answers too. You just know right away. Yeah, true. For the people that are listening that are struggling to find their why, like is there a way, place to start? Like where do you find your why? I know I'm hearing it and it's very strong, but like for people who are listening and, and or who want to help someone in their life, like how, how do you find that why if you feel so lost? Like we deal with people all the time, right, that feel so lost, lonely, empty, feel like they don't have a lot to live for. You know, getting up out of bed sometimes can be a real major struggle. You know, dealing every day with pain that sometimes, for the most part, people don't see. I wonder how we can give any wisdom to the people that might be listening that feel that way, that want to sort of be able to find their why like what are some of the tools or the strategies that someone could do to start maybe getting closer to that why that they want to live towards i love that and also i just want to say if anyone's listening and you don't know your why it's totally okay and the other thing that's really cool to know is like you'll meet people i I feel like living here and, and having the work that we're doing with the podcast we meet really cool people who've like founded a business, sold the business. And then guess what? They attached their identity to that. And now they don't know their why. And they're in that same dangerous, boat. Very dangerous. Yeah. And it gives me chills because I think it's so important to articulate and be so clear and reflect back on your why the busier you even get in your life. Like right now I'm double downing on that time because I'm like, wow, the more opportunity, the busier I am. That means I have to take extra time to really gain clarity on like, am I going the right every single day? Am I going the right direction? And I think if you're in that season right now, like don't view it as a negative thing because society can be like, oh, you're lost. You don't know where you're going. Like, no, that's a positive thing. Because if you view this as such a beautiful season uh, in your life where you get to create the like it's a blank canvas, baby, you get to write the script, create the narrative and figure out where you want to go. It's a beautiful place to be. Don't feel less than don't feel like any of your peers or even worse, like social media, right? That's why I'm very big on your input. I think that's a starting block is take an audit of your environment right now and what content you're consuming. Because I think that when you follow the right things on social media, you can then get even more inspired to reflect. Like when you follow accounts like Sam and you follow accounts like Jay Shetty, Another account I love to look at, like they post such inspiring quotes. They post like journal prompts or just other inspirational figures that you really love what they're doing. That really keeps you in like also a good space when you look online. But I honestly feel like for me, it's a lot of time, even just like in nature on walks. We live here like beach walks are great. Even driving as much as people hate L.A. traffic. I actually don't mind it because it's like the one time where I feel like I'm very uninterrupted. I try not to do calls when I drive. I know people do that. Dangerous. Here, but <laughs> I know I <laughs> I know people love to do that, but I just like to sit because I think like the more you can sit with your thoughts and acknowledge what's coming up, that's the first step of gaining clarity of what those thoughts are and recognizing like just different places you can go in your head. But I really think that we're in a society where it's so much noise, so much input everywhere we go that if we just be, I listened to this on a podcast and he was saying how we, even when we're in the car, we're like on our phones, we're not looking up. And he's just like, if we just look up 
and you're on a walk, you look up and you feel like the breeze on your skin, the sun, and you sit with like, you let your mind be still. That's when the beautiful things can come through. But it's all about creating the space because trust me, uh, I'm the queen of letting my mind go off and like trying to do five things at once, like in the car, trying to respond. Yeah, sure. It was like trying to do emails when I was at a red light. I'm like, what are you doing, girl? Well, you know, you know, people like human beings aren't actually naturally wired to be multitaskers. That's not something that we're supposed to be doing. We're actually meant to focus on the one thing at a time and be really, really good at that. I love how you, you mentioned, you know, and it's, I find that inspiring in itself, you know, creating that space to be able to take that time to really think about things. And sometimes thinking about nothing is some of the most powerful things you could do, you know, taking that time to not think, sitting back and actually not like my psychologist said to me, I want you to take 20 minutes out every day to do nothing, to think about nothing. Don't think about absolutely anything. Yeah. That in itself is such a hard challenge. And this is a double-edged sword. We talk about social media and stuff sometimes, and I'm sure you'd agree with me because I know you can't always be pro, pro, pro everything. Sometimes people can use social media and platforms for the wrong reasons. Oh, 100%. So how do you audit your environment? How do you audit your environment? Whenever I leave a conversation or an encounter, I do a little audit and I'm like, am I leaving an empty cup or am I leaving a filled energized cup? And you'll notice this thread when you're with people who are also equally as inspired and like Nads and I are going for coffee. I already know for the rest of the day, we're doing morning coffee. I want to be hyped up, but there's a lot of people you hang out with and they drain your energy. I call them energy vampires and you leave an empty cup. Maybe they like dropped all their baggage on you and it's all negative or their chatter is all negative talk. I'm very big on like the words I speak. And I'm so cautious of even when I say, oh, I have a lot to do today. I'm like, I get to do all these things today. And I'm so cautious of that. And then when you are around people who are so negative or they speak very poorly, when you're working on yourself so much, you don't even align to that. So naturally your energies are not going to be attracted. They're going to be repelled. And you'll find that when you are in this mode, if you're listening to Sam's podcast, you're those people who are trying to make your life better. You're learning all these different tools and strategies to add to your toolkit so you can live a better, more fulfilled life. This is going to happen even more. You're going to realize, wow, these people who I used to love to hang out with, they actually don't fill my cup anymore. I don't feel like as energized. I actually don't really want to hang out with them because I always feel leaving like less than or unmotivated or negative or like a dark cloud. Honor those feelings. And then it goes back to the solitude, the self-reflection time, all those times, like the journaling in the morning, you can really do those audits as well. Cause you can then like reflect and then marinate with certain people. And then the answers all come. Absolutely. I can't agree more with you. And I think having that time to reflect and, and being okay and accepting the fact that if things have changed within friendship circles that no longer serve you be- best anymore, or people are on a different page to what you were a couple of years ago, you know, and it's, it's okay to accept that and kind of go back to your audit board and think, you know what, maybe I'm in that time of my life where I do need to serve other people and learn to build my friendships yet so that I'm working and collaborating with people who are in my line of work or my vision in life and that believe in kind of the same things that I believe in. Because I feel like everyone goes through a journey, the same people, some of the people in my life that I grew up with I don't connect to them as well today as I did 10 years ago because I'm doing different things. I'm on a different journey. I'm on a different goal. Doesn't mean that I don't talk to them or I've cut them out of my life. Definitely not. But I don't speak to them about certain things that I speak to other people about. 
and I don't connect to them on levels that they don't connect to me on, you know, and that's okay, I think, as well. I think that's fine. I don't think you should berate yourself or think, oh, what's wrong? Why have I changed? Why have they changed? I think it's just one of those things you've just got to accept. We're all on our journeys for some type of reason. I think if we keep bringing it back to that powerful why statement that you mentioned earlier, I think it makes things a lot easier and acceptable. Yeah. And when you start connecting with people, like I always say, your vibe attracts your tribe. So if you are honoring your authentic self and you are like taking these leaps and and stepping into the purpose and the, the abundant why that you have, if you feel like a little bit lonely and making that leap, don't feel alone there. Because I also think working with like a coach or a therapist is so important. And I started working with someone closer to the end of last year, like November of last year, because I want to just be better. Like there wasn't a reason I was like, I want to improve. And I know like if I work with a coach on this element, like I'm going to just have someone, a soundboard, he's like a therapist, a coach, like he always is like, whatever you want to call it. It's like a soundboard where you can actually verbalize these thoughts and you can have someone with like non-judgmental perspective, like speak back. And there's so much value in that. But one of the things that I opened up about, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in this new, entering this new season of my life. And I actually feel super alone because I've made all these friends in LA and I love it. And I, I feel like there's so many people, but then I also feel like at the same time, like some people who I thought were like my forever people, I don't feel as connected to them because I feel like the mission I have for my life is going here and they're not growing with that. It felt really lonely. So I just kind of like did what I did also when I moved here. I put myself out there. I like DM so many new people. I reached out to them. You can do it on LinkedIn, on social media, and you connect with new people. If you come from a genuine loving place, people are going to be open to getting together. You can do a Zoom coffee, do an in-person coffee. And I think also that exercise of you putting yourself out there to connect with the people who you do want to connect with, who are playing the game at the level that you want to play life at you're going to see the difference to the contrast of like, wow, this is like what I want to hang out with more versus like the people who you may did hang out, spend time with. You're going to be like, wow, I want to spend more time with these types of people. And then naturally your vibe attracts your tribe. Those people are going to introduce to you more people and it'll just grow from there. And that's how the best things grow organically like that. A lot of people think it's always about having a plan for those things, but I feel like a lot of things in life and I can talk on my own experiences too, similar to yours, moving out to LA and you know, I was grateful with nards and all that sort of stuff. So I sort of had my community starting to build together just within that, like within my relationship with Nadia, but I couldn't plan for anything else. You could sit there every day and stress about the things that you probably end up stressing twice or three times about, but you've just got to let go sometimes. And it's a forever challenge for me. Like it's kind of like some things you just can't plan, like meeting those right people that might somehow open a door or get to you to a not that you need to, but like to get to a place that's going to help brighten your heart and your why becomes even stronger or you meet someone else along the journey. You can't plan for that. That stuff happens organically by being naturally yourself and putting yourself out there, I believe. And that's why I've, I've been a massive advocate in my life to kind of put yourself in uncomfortable positions because they're the positions that kind of help you grow. A hundred percent. I feel like I'm always uncomfortable. And if I'm not uncomfortable, I'm not doing work. You're not. Yeah. You're not living right. Yeah. I, I agree. A hundred percent. I'm, I'm so that. big on that. Like uncomfortable is my permanent mood, I think, because of how much I'm pushing myself in like the areas I want to expand in. And I used to do this thing too, when I moved here, it's like, I had like a certain number of people a week, new people I would want to reach out to. And then I would just constantly be connecting with new people. And you don't always have to do that exercise because then, for example, like this morning, one of my friends that I met through an amazing friend, like 
she actually once came to my event and then we became good friends and she connected me to someone who hosted this big breakfast. Now he does it like bi-weekly in Venice where it's all founders and everyone who goes to this event is like a founder playing the game at such a big level because your vibe attracts your tribe. Like it grew into this beautiful group and it's like, that'll just compound for you. So don't think like, oh, I have DM. No, you don't have to. It's just like in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just doing it naturally and organically and just being you, I think is, and you're very vibrant. You're very outgoing and you're very easy to talk to. So it definitely helps too. On that note, uh, we talk because we are getting to the back end of this episode. And I I definitely want to talk to you about these community activations, the community-based events. I was very fortunate enough to go to one not so long ago, last year, actually, and I I had a bloody hell time. Great opportunity. The network brands came together and amazing, successful founders, females, were taking the stage on kind of a live podcast hosting session. Can you talk to me about where that came from? I've always had a vision to host something in person with connecting like-minded people in a room because I think that's where the magic happens. When I moved here, if someone would have took me in with open arms and was like, come here, like, let me introduce you to everyone. Like, that's the feeling I want people to have when they come to one of these events. And like I, I say, like your vibe attracts your tribe. I knew like if I could bring together coffee and a good vibe listeners and like people who listen to the show who also bought friends, they're all the same vibe and ethos and wanting to live this more abundant life and they all want to better themselves. They all care about being a good person and making this world a better place that I was like, I'm going to host these events, bring together amazing brands to add. I think it's my PR side of like all the work I've done. That's how I want to monetize everything I do with the podcast. So I'm actually doing another event at Soho March 2nd. If you guys are in LA, there's a lot of expenses when you do events. I don't think I even knew, like I have to buy out Soho house even for this event. And then you have to buy out certain things so you can bring in a bar and like bring in sponsors. So the sponsorships and like the activations were a really fun way to get brands to come in. And I combined like my network and then the the work in PR where I like will sell brands activation deals and I'll get on the phone with brands and like construct those things. Cause that's how I wanted to break even with these things. Yeah, of course. Cause they're not cheap exercise and they take a hell of a lot of time doing events. I mean, I saw how much went into the last event and yeah, put me on the list. We'll be at this March 2nd event. I think it's amazing. And how good is it to bring a community together or very like-minded people and in the room, the vibe, talking about creating a good vibe. People met investors for their businesses. People met roommates. People met co-founders. It's crazy. We'll get some good testimonial case studies. I actually like have the website. I haven't even promoted the website. It'll go out next week now that I'm promoting this event, but I like launched a new website. I want to launch an app for this so we can have like community elements within the app. Cause I think that the magic happens like the podcast for me. Yeah. Cool. The vehicle of like interviewing entrepreneurs. Amazing. The content's one thing. It drives people towards in like that brand strategy guys. It <laughs> drives in your audience and really builds brand and community. But for me, like the magic happens in those rooms and in the events and what you can do there. And then there's also just so much abundance that can come from that. So the events are now my new baby. Yeah. I'm looking forward to picking your brain, actually talking to you about that. Cause there's some wonderful opportunities to help spread some great messages in so many communities, you know, that definitely not pigeonholed to one area. That's for sure. But we're coming to an end of the podcast. And I, and I do want to ask you one question to leave with all of our listeners. And I want to ask you, what is the one most important thing that Aisha has learned throughout this part of her life up until today? Oh my God. In this season of life, I'm really in this time where I'm 
trying my best as much as like I get stressed. Like I wasn't even sleeping last week because we had a merch shoot for the podcast. And like, I'm so grateful there are opportunities I've been manifesting. But I think the biggest thing is like being present and enjoying the day to day of everything because in a second, life can be taken. And I think that it's so important to double down. Like I, I say this all the time, like every day is a blessing. Like if you woke up today and your heart's beating and you can smell the air, like you were so blessed. We compare ourselves so much to other people or like if we place like our happiness on external things, like, oh, I will be happy when my business is here or I'll be happy when I have a hundred thousand followers or 500,000 followers or whatever it is. But when you're placing your happiness on things that are outside of your control, it's a never ending game. And I'm really trying to honor like I should control what you can control and just bring your best self and your most positive attitude and mindset and face to the day because that's going to determine what you get out. That's the other beautiful thing. It's like if I show up to the day, this positive, abundant, bright light amongst like things that happen and like really just being my best self, then I'm going to continue to attract things that are in alignment to that. And yes, things will try to knock me down. But if I just keep showing up my best self, then it's inevitable that you cannot block your blessings in life. I just truly believe that. Amen. Amen to that. That was unreal. The podcast has been unreal. I could speak to you for hours and there'll be plenty more opportunities to chat, whether we're doing an in-person podcast. Where can people follow you? Share the podcast, share your social tags. I'll share all this guys in the show notes. And let's give uh, Aisha big love for the time on the podcast. Where can they find you? Oh, thank you so much. Well, this was a pleasure. Social media is best. So at Aisha Sarah. And I know we'll have it linked below. I'm not going to be one of those people who like spell it out. And then Coffee and a Good Vibe on Instagram and the website, coffeeandagoodvibe.com. But everything I wish to say, like another thing in marketing, I always say like, if you confuse, you lose. It's like a marketing rule. And when you direct your audience to so many different call to actions, they end up like not doing anything. So you guys just go to Instagram. Everything's there. I'll share it all there. People will follow you and hunt you down. And it's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast. Very grateful for your time. You're a star, you're a light, you're inspiring all of us and I can't wait to catch up with you soon. Oh, I can't wait either. It was a pleasure. Big love, big love. Thank you again for listening in to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. Please like, share and spread the love to as many people as you can. Let people know that you subscribe to the show. Don't forget to leave a review or a comment so that we can grow this community together because a conversation could save a life. If you want to continue this chat, please join me on the podcast Facebook group at living.org. I can't wait to share the next episode with you, but in the meantime, stay well, keep living, and remember, it ain't weak to speak. Thank you and have a top day.